Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Welcome to this segment of Making Bank. We have our project feature today. We are talking to Tetronome and Didier from Bankless Academy. Uh, welcome, guys. You want to you want to say hello? Hello. hello nice to be here. Yeah. So just give us a quick uh, one or two sentences about what brought you into Bankless DAO and uh, how you got involved in Bankless Academy. All right. After you, sir. Oh, uh, so I, I came just for a pop-up, get the CC call pop-up, and then I heard about the Academy, which was Everybody loves called, a pop-up. Yeah, and it was called uh, Onboard back then. And, uh, and then after that, I joined the, the DAO and still working on the same project. So was, was Bankless Academy the first project you got involved with? Yeah, that's what got me in. But, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And Tetronome, what about you? Um, I was included in, like, you know, I followed a lot of Bankless HQ stuff. I was included in the initial airdrop, and um, I was working some other jobs at the time, but I was kind of poking my head around. I, I liked the idea of... Uh, you know, decentralized community and trying to figure out figure out what that meant. Um, and I think at the time I was present in Design Guild a good amount, just kind of in the calls. And NF Thinker mentioned to me at some point, like, hey, there's this thing going on at Bankless Academy. Um, and that's what it was called at the time that I got on board. And uh, I have a bit of a video game background. So there was this idea of like gamification and um, educational uh, content. And uh, so, yeah, I stuck my head in and well, I'm still there. Yeah. So I guess then the, the next logical question is, what is Bankless Academy? Uh, where did the idea come from? How did it start? And, and what is it? Okay. So uh, it began uh, like one or two weeks before I joined the DAO. So I'll try to explain as best as I can. So it was a forum proposal uh, called uh, Project Onboard, which uh, was supposed to be like the Duolingo to learning Bankless. That was like uh, uh, created by a card collector and uh, was supported by Perchy, Frogmonkey, and also James Montgomery. So I, I heard about it during the, the CC call, like, like I mentioned earlier, and James was like uh, describing this project. Um, so I was actually planning to create a, a similar project myself and I had already some ideas and like, uh, yeah, some ideas on how it would work, like in a technical side, since I'm a developer. So I joined the team and started to do some research about it. And uh, they asked me to create, a, they were looking for someone to do the, the wireframe. So I, I said, okay, let's do this. That's how I got uh, level two, actually. And I think that's a pretty common thing in the DAO where, you know, some people have an idea of, of a project and then you, you start realizing that, oh, there's a lot of people that, have similar ideas and then you mm -hmm. kind of join yeah. into them and you know that and then it becomes a project and, and a team so yeah that's that's a great yeah i like the idea of like uh, joining a team rather than do it on, on my own like more like community project yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. So what would you guys say Bankless Academy is today? Um, it's changed right? a you, lot. You said the, the Duolingo of, um, uh, of, of projects. Yeah. Of, of bankless and like of crypto yeah yeah well today i mean the mission is still very much the same right like we want to be an onboarding platform for getting people from like zero to a hundred um on crypto um, so uh go ahead didier yeah yeah uh i wanted to mention like it's like where you send your friends and family to like onboard them because there is no like easy place to to start with and especially a safe place Something you yeah. can recommend instead of like go figure it out, right? Because there is so much information out there, yeah, and, and bad information as well as good information out there. So this can yeah. be a trusted source to send people that uh, are trying to get into into this crypto world. And, and usually, when when you like send them like to uh, an exchange or something, is always like a, a, a bias or something like that. Uh, like. They, they want to onboard you, like, but to make money, uh, and et cetera. But we want to be more like a public goods. Yeah. yeah. On, they want to extract something from you. And that's not what we want to do. Like, we want to, like, uh, be something positive and, like, uh, like a public good on yeah. education. Yeah. Every exchange has their own agenda at, at some level. Um, yeah. So I think that's great. Yeah. And I mean, to be fully transparent, I mean, even for us, right, like, hopefully, eventually, if we start forming like partnerships with with um, like other protocols, we will have a responsibility of like, vetting the protocols that we're directing people to. Um, so, you know, I, I, we we're not fully unbiased. I think it's impossible to be fully unbiased. But we're going like extra lengths to really try and make sure that these are all decisions that um, like benefit the most amount of people and provide like ungated education to the most amount of people. That's one of our big kind of public good uh, cornerstones and touchstones. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so tell us a little bit about the the team who worked on the project. Um, as we know, Bankless DAO members, there's this ebb and flow in, in DAOs of, uh, you know, people joining projects and, and, it's a DAO, so that you know it, it, it can be very, very difficult building those teams. So tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about the the team that's worked on the project and and how that's going. Yeah, maybe yeah. start with well, a, a, bit, a bit of history or uh, like. Yeah, yeah. Just give us a little bit of the, the the background of of you know you you told us kind of how it started. So how did the the team kind of form and uh, there, there's I'm sure some organic growth and um, so yeah give us a little bit of of the 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 team team background. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, well, Didier, you know more about the history. Why don't you talk about the history of it and then I can talk more about today. Yeah. So in the beginning it was like uh, uh, Fin for the people, Veritas, Red Van. Apollo. Uh, there is also like uh, Jen, Droste, and I think So like that was I think like the core uh, people involved uh, during July and August. And uh, after that, the, the team growed, grows a lot. Uh, and yeah, we, yep. we went on to like 20, 30 people at some point. And uh, the thing is like. Uh, it, this project was like the flagship project, so we're trying to like uh, attract many people, and that's when uh, Tetronam also came 
and helped uh, with uh, design. Because in the beginning, it was like mostly me doing like dev stuff. Because uh, I was like very involved, like I was working like 20, 30 hours already. And most people just came to the meeting, but I was like already like preparing infrastructure for the website. Mm. And so after that, we were like looking for help for like designing, adding like some nice uh, interface to the, the website. And that's, uh, and also like, uh, like doing the illustration. Uh, and, and I realized, sorry, that I don't think we've said the website. So it's uh, banklessacademy.com is, is what we're talking about. And we'll have links in the show notes and, and all of that. But just to throw that in there, I don't <laughs> think we've, we've said that. So if you're, if you're right. looking to, to go and check it out, yeah, go to banklessacademy.com. Um, yeah. Um, yeah so- you can speak a bit when you arrived like uh, in September, how it was yes. and what, what you were involved in. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, I, I got pretty involved pretty fast. I, I realized that there was like a lot of potential in the project and um, there was a lot of talent around. So it was like, okay, like how can we start organizing and, um, and, and like really starting to like create milestones, hit those milestones. I started with an illustration um, and I kind of started taking on a bit of like an art director role. So helping define the art style, um, trying to figure out like how to, to form up the team um, and, and get like some good, uh, good, like team structure going on there. Nitro is a really big help with that too. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So many, many people have contributed to what Academy has become. Uh, today we have Didier, who's our lead developer and let there be no illusions. Like Didier has been like the longest standing member of the project. Uh, and like one of the, the hardest working guy, um, on the team, uh, since, since product, uh, inception. So, um, really happy that him and I are working so closely together now. Uh, yeah, I'm still the art director, uh, but I also do a lot of branding now, um, I've stopped updating my title because, uh, you know, in this space, you wear so many hats that my title would be like uh, an entire paragraph. Um, but I just go by art and branding director. Now, uh, we recently onboarded, I speak nerd, uh, as our content director. Um, he's taken over uh, from Apollo. And, um, then we have, uh, Coatsy, who's our product designer. So he does a lot of like the UI UX working in Figma, <clears throat> working with me to kind of get the art and the, um, and the, the user interface working and looking nicely. Uh, yeah. And then yeah, oh, and for we're anybody also... that's seen the website, there, it Go is, uh, you know, the, the vision you've got is, is great. And, uh, you know, you can tell that there's been a lot of thought put into, you know, that style. It's, it's, it's a very cohesive um, yeah. look to it. Uh, it's very re- responsive. You know, I, I've gone through the, the two modules that are on there. Um, and yeah, it's very, very well done done website um so, so cool. kudos to you guys for for that it's been through a lot of testing can you talk to some of the struggles in in creating a cohesive uh vision like that in in a dao where we try to have decentralized there there's definitely struggles to to doing something like that in in a dao can you can you speak to some of those um struggles that you've gone through and how how you've overcome it yeah should i take this one didier yeah i think so <laughs> okay um, yeah, struggles. Um, so there's been like a lot of learning milestones, uh, working like in a DAO and working on a project like this. Um, you know, it's new territory for everyone here. 
but at the same time, as like an organization, we only have like limited runway, right? Um, where everyone can only really be paid for a certain amount of time. And thus, like each individual part has this responsibility to the community to like figure out the most efficient methods of operation. Uh, <clears throat> so like when I came on, within a couple months, I think everyone was, the project was getting to the scale where everyone was um, excited and bullish, but also starting to realize like these kind of like gaping issues that we just like had hard time, um, like even labeling at the start, but like the, the most obvious one was like meeting length time. Um, it was a huge problem. It took forever to get anything done. You know, we'd have two hour conversations and you'd be like, so what did we accomplish in that meeting? Uh, reaching consensus on specifics ended up in like tons of like rabbit hole discussions, fractal out. And these discussions could like last weeks. Um, certain departments were out of sync. So we were like blocked by dependencies. Oh, someone went missing. Um, oh, that they didn't have time to do it this week. And it was a blocker. Uh, and then like time zone issues, right? So it's difficult to have everyone uh, in the same meeting every week, especially when a lot of the people are like, very high talent and working real life jobs and working side jobs and that kind of thing. So at a certain point, and this is where things got really difficult, like coordinators began looking to step down. Uh, we had like seven or eight people who were coordinators on the project. And when people were looking to step down because of frustration, um, we realized that we needed to like reevaluate and form a new strategy. So for all of these issues um, that were leading up to this kind of stepping down, we realized really the basic thing was was that the the like management team size was just demanding too much coordination overhead. Um, so we had to reanalyze our position on what's called the actiocratic and the vetocratic axis. Uh, and this is something that Vitalik himself had been exploring at the time, looking at Ethereum uh, and looking at like projects and dApps on the chain. So if I can talk about the theory real quick, uh, vetocratic. Yeah, absolutely. Is Thank you. Um, yeah, Vetocratic is like the uh, power, uh, giving power to those who restrict. Um, and Actiocratic is like empowering those taking action. So the idea is, is that usually blockchains are working kind of on this like higher Vetocratic um, model, whereas like smaller teams creating the apps will, will bring things forward in an Actiocratic model. And then they're kind of thereafter regulated through uh, Vitocracy. Um, which is uh, the, the root there being veto. Um, so yeah, like centralization isn't really controlling on a small scale because there's almost no one to be under control. Uh, and if anyone is, they're really free to leave at any time. But if you have like, it's when you start scaling um, that actiocratic model um, and like influencing other things that you start to get problems with centralized control. Uh, so like on the institutional level or something like that. But all of this to say that really in the long run, um, after kind of like scaling down the team, essentially, uh, through a series of votes and um, from people stepping back and that kind of thing, um, Bankless Academy now wants to kind of follow the model of like a small group of visionaries and leaders suggesting and implementing features based on community support. So like in the long run, this is really our goal. And even today, this is like, we're really starting to gear up towards this. Um, 
to that point, uh, or well, I mean, this method empowers the vision of the core project contributors, uh, but doesn't really allow anything to be done before receiving community uh, community approval. And to that point, um, our season four budget proposal is going to go live really soon. So we're going to be looking to kind of test this, right? And you'll have seen this kind of thing before, uh, but we're going to break down our rules. We're going to break down our funding. We're going to break down the feature roadmap, most importantly, so people know where we're going. And then we're going to look to be either vetoed or approved by the community. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's a little bit about it. Yeah, and, and I just wanted to say, like, these are issues that you know I've seen echoed all throughout the DAO. You know, it's not yeah. unique to to this project. You know, these struggles with um, you know organizing and and getting stuff done, like the the thing you're saying about the the meetings. Uh, I. <laughs> we're having the same thing in, in podcast hatchery and and making bank and all these these things where yeah we, we sometimes we have these really long meetings and it's like uh, sometimes I feel like we've talked about the issues for for hours without making much progress and it can be very yes. difficult to to make that progress in a DAO and I think we're all learning uh, how to do that so um, yeah I think it's uh, you know struggles that we we are all learning to work through and uh, I think it's great that that you guys are. Um, you know, make, making progress in, on that front. We've definitely been a bit of a test child, you know, figure, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the, the entire DAO is, is a test child, you know, test children within test children. You know, it's, mm-hmm. um, Cause there's all the different projects and, and the DAO itself, there's, there's so much experimentation happening, which is, which is great. I love it, but yeah. it, it can definitely be difficult at times. Um, uh, especially with you know overarching market sentiment changing yeah. on a daily basis, right? Like there's so many factors that go into how people perceive uh, the the space as well as DAOs in general. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's a it's a very fascinating time, um, and so I'm, I'm glad that we're all here for it. But you know, not to put aside that the, the, there are some struggles that come along with with that. One hundred percent. So who is the target audience for Bankless Academy? Um, and then as, as you grow, how do, how do you see that audience changing? Like r- right now, you guys have two, two modules uh, on the website that are, are pretty basic. Um, so yeah, tell us, tell us a bit about the, the target audience you guys are trying to get. I can take target audience, did you? <clears throat> mm-hmm. I'll take next. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, this is something that like has we've been racking our brains over for months, really. Uh, but only recently has the model become a little more clear to us. Uh, <clears throat> so, because the space is so rapidly evolving, um, we've realized that we need to stay like really receptive and adaptive uh, to be able to transition through like different stages of the development of this space, and, and therefore, um, like the needs of the space and, and how we play into that relationship. So. Right now, our target audience is actually the Web3 community. And the reason is, is because we need funding, uh, number one, to support us uh, to be able to move it all. Um, and we need to access the uh, like shared learning journey of everyone within the ecosystem to be able to like build and present that content to the outward-facing world. Um, and then also these are people who are already like interested in the content that we're creating. So not only will they come, but they'll also be like the people who the, like the first web two or kind of like 
outside of Web3 people uh, come through, right? Because they'll be like referred or something like that. Um, and then our second target audience, uh, which you know we're hoping to get into later this year, uh, is going to be the protocol layer. So targeted partnerships that will kind of bridge users onto popular dApps uh, in exchange for like heavier funding coming from those protocols into the academy. Uh, this will be really important for that kind of long-term um, positioning and, and uh, ability to like actually scale and, and start to uh, uh, connect with those people outside of the Web3 space at all. Uh, so then our final audience is the person that the app is actually built for. Uh, of course, that's kind of ironic, but uh, the Web3 curious people. So we'll start with that kind of Web2 familiar, uh, Web3 curious person. And then as the space evolves and becomes like um, more frictionless, you know, as the services become easier to use, etc., we'll be able to start targeting that like total rookie uh, because those barriers to entry will just be like knocked away. Right now, there are two learning modules. Uh, you guys are starting with some basic concepts. Um, the the modules are uh, Wallet Basics and Intro to DeFi. Um, do you want to tell us uh, a little bit about the the plan for future modules and kind of some some reasoning for uh, why those were the the first modules that you guys chose? Yeah, we, we still want to like stick to the basics uh, because like uh, we want to onboard like people that don't have like much experience. So like we're still going to focus on uh, onboarding, safety, making sure people understand and feel comfortable using Web3. And so, yeah, right next, our next uh, module is going to be like uh, blockchain fundamentals and uh, wallet intermediate. And after that, we would like to focus on the, the big decentralized protocols, like uh, swapping coins like with Uniswap, uh, lending and borrowing with Aave, and also like uh, focusing on, on layer tools because they are like a cheaper option for like beginners. And then also like um, uh, teach how to use the, all the utility uh, projects like ENS, POAP, or Etherscan, like knowing how to navigate and be yeah, be safe and yeah, use all the tools like that. And yeah. is there uh, any sort of guiding principle to deciding which protocols you guys feature versus which ones you won't? Because there's so many out there, right? And you, you know, the ones you're mentioning are some of the, the more popular. Um, so is, is that kind of, is popularity one of the metrics that you guys are using? You know, obviously you're trying to build something that is trustworthy, so you're not trying to go after scam projects and stuff, but, but is there any yeah. kind of guiding principle for, for how you guys can help decide? Cause sometimes it can be difficult to, to tell. You go ahead, Didier. You have a good grasp on it. Yeah. We want to like, uh, focus on the community and see and uh, learn what they want to like focus on, like for example, we can like create polls on like asking wh what you guys want to learn first, and yeah, that's why one of our biggest focuses is also like to grow the community first, and also like mm -hmm. uh, have have the support and like where we go next, and that can play yeah. into the decentralization of the the DAO and getting people's that's voices it. heard. Exactly. That. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's great. yeah, community building. And then the other factor is like decentralization. I mean, really, we want to be prioritizing protocols and services that are working on that decentralized level or have like a solid roadmap to becoming decentralized. Um, we're definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah, like big advocates of that ideal. It's it's definitely important to us. Yeah, I think I think most uh, most of us in Bankless DAO are, and uh, I think that's great. Do you guys have a timeline that you're trying to release modules um, right, that's part of the part of the roadmap, and I'm sure will be part of the the proposal that you're talking about for the season four funding. Um, can you give us a little little hint on what you what you guys would hope your your timeline for releasing new modules would be? I guess at this point we cannot like uh, give any like dates, and we're still like uh, in planning mode and like creating this roadmap because uh, it is like a lot of infrastructure to build uh, for this project. Um, how to create new content uh, uh, with the community? Um, yeah, and like yeah, right, it's right kinda, now, we, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, uh, it's kind of like you know we were talking about earlier. We want to start with that Web three community, and then we want to really build out through the different stages. Um, so it's going to be really important for us to like be getting lessons out there and have a solid like workshop for creating these things. But at the end of the day. Um, they're not, those lessons are not going to get to the people that we want to get them to, uh, unless we focus on, um, building out like other pieces of our core infrastructure, uh, that really help foster that community, like give people a place to have conversation, to talk about what is important to us, to help prioritize certain things that are on the roadmap in the first place. Um, so yeah, we're looking at churning out lessons very soon, but at the same time, uh, we, we are very much keeping in mind, like all of the, uh, things that, um, are like higher impact or lower cost and that kind of thing. Yeah, and and building in DAOs, I, I think we've all learned that you know it's probably takes longer than, than we imagine. Oftentimes, when, when looking at different projects, uh, you know, we may be optimistic in, in how we can deliver, and then working in a decentralized organization, it, it takes its time. So, um, but I still have to ask the question. <laughs> so, uh, but course. that's great. Um, can you guys share some, some feedback you've received about the, the modules that you've released? So I see wallet basics is, is there and then intro to DeFi, you've got a little beta tag on there. Um, can you tell me what, so is, is wallet basics, that one's locked in, not going to change is the intro to DeFi, uh, since it's beta, are you still looking for feedback? Have you gotten feedback on the modules? What's, what's kind of some of the, the feedback there? Oh, uh, maybe I can start uh, talking about this. Like we, we released these uh, modules in three different steps. So first we released uh, inside the DAO and we, we got feedback from them. Like uh, we had like a way to comment on the slides. So we got a lot of feedback first uh, like that. And then we, we did a beta release where uh, actually we collected many emails like uh, 500 or more emails. And we sent invitation for a private beta release and we also collected feedback from there. And then only after that, we did like the public release. Uh, and then we also gathered feedback and we got like 900 people. Wow. Yeah, it, it's it's huge. Uh, we got actually a lot of feedback uh, doing all these steps. Yeah, so it sounds like you guys have a, a good process there. Is is that the, the plan to continue as you release modules to continue asking for feedback? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Definitely, yeah, we pretty yeah. much we go 
like internal alpha, right? Internal inside the DAO. Then we go to that kind of public beta. Um, and and uh, we'll figure out in the future if that's something like people who are in the Web3 community can see, but maybe uh, not Web2 community people as it's kind of tested by the people who are familiar with the content. Um, and then, yeah, eventually we kind of go th- uh, for that, uh, that public launch and public shipping of the package itself. Uh, so, for example, right now, the only thing that needs to be finished on the intro to DeFi course is actually illustrations. Um, and that's mostly just been because there's been really pressing, uh, like other things that we need to consider, like uh, hiring and grants and um, like ensuring funding for the next couple months. Um, so be, be sure it is coming and we will finish those illustrations on there. But uh, just in terms of like priorities right now, it's been so hectic that uh, we haven't had time to brush it up. Yeah, yeah, and I saw uh, that you guys have a Gitcoin grants funding, and I'm not sure if that probably ends by the time this airs. I don't know exactly when that funding round ends. Today. Oh, today it ends today. Yeah, well, today. Well, then then it will be it will be closed before. But otherwise, I was going to say people go go check out the Gitcoin grants. Yeah, uh, I'm wearing my wearing my Gitcoin shirt right now. <laughs> That's a good looking shirt. Um, yeah, but I, yeah. Well. In the future, you know, like uh, keep an eye out for future rounds because this is going to be a big way to contribute to Academy in general. Like we said, we foster the Web3 community first. We build that. Uh, and, you know, we rely on that, frankly, for that kind of public funding, um, that quadratic funding. Uh, and then <clears throat> we want to transition away in the future and get those partnership uh, partnership grants, et cetera. But yeah, uh, what is it? It's every three months. Is that how often the rounds come up, Didier? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And quadratic yeah. uh, funding helps a lot, and uh, ecosystem grants also. Yeah, so it helps with the I just know when the new grants come out when I see Kevin Owaki tweet about it. <laughs> I never yeah. paid attention yeah. to when they when they act. And we're very happy because uh, yeah, Kevin was our first, uh, the first person that uh, backed us on the GitHub grant. Mm. Oh, that's great! Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. yeah, he gave us some great positive feedback. Yeah. And, and maybe I some. That... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I want to like hi- highlight some uh, feedback we got from uh, these nine hundred people. Oh yeah. And yeah, many yeah, for people sure. Share, share the the link to their friend and family to onboard them. And yeah, also we got a lot of requests for like uh, other languages, uh, especially mm-hmm. Chinese, uh, Spanish, and Indian, yeah. which are like big big language uh, in the world. So is that something you guys would partner with, like the International Media Nodes Project yeah. or tra- Translators Guild, and, and have them them work on translating the the site? So, so we got like uh, actually people are even volunteering like to to translate. But uh, yeah, we this feature might still come a bit later because w- once you implement a translation, it, it can slow down like the adding new pr- feature to the pr- product. So there's something. Uh, we know it's in, uh, very interesting and like big impact, but uh, we also like uh, want to find the balance between adding uh, new functionalities and and this. Yeah, for sure, it's a it's yeah. a balancing act. Exactly. It would be very cool in the future, though, to have some sort of decentralized method of of doing this, right? You know, like certain uh, translators within the community could have. Uh, 
like a, a certain reputation within the academy and maybe after they've submitted so many and it's been of such a quality then their their translations just kind of get auto added in the future but that's just an idea like there there are ways that we want to work that in to our ethos uh but like didier said we have to do it in a, a way that doesn't really compromise um what we're trying to do every day right now for sure um, so I see that you guys had a partnership with Poapathon for, for ETH Denver. Um, how, how did that go? Did that uh, generate some, some good, good buzz about the project? Yeah, so this happened uh, while we were like launching publicly, publicly the, the product. Uh, and it got a lot of traction, uh, very positive. Uh, actually, so how this works is like um, Poapathon created some uh, pogs. So this like uh, small badges, and they distributed this uh, during the East Denver conference, and so this was like distributed for free, and so we sponsored them like uh, to to get our logo uh, on the pogs. Oh, and, okay, uh, gotcha. So yeah, I saw I saw the the whole pog thing. Um, yeah, I I, then, I never had pogs, but apparently that was a, a thing that that people used to do, and you play a game with it. And so yeah. I saw them all over um, Twitter and stuff. People were posting, and uh, a lot of people liked it. So you get used to get them cool. in like bags yeah. of chips and stuff like that. You know, like you'd uh, open up your bag of Cheetos, and there would be like a pog in a in a sealed plastic bag. This was like early two yeah. thousands or something like that. But yeah, they're they're trying to bring it back. Actually, so we we had like um, a link on these pogs, and we we had like uh, we distributed some bank token to people that uh, gave us feedback. That's also how we incentivize people. Oh, to so there's a, a link on the us. blog to, to go yeah. give feedback on the website and then you could earn bank from doing that. That's that's awesome. Exactly. Um, yeah. How many people do you like? Do you have a number of how many people actually went and did that? Uh, I can't remember how many, but we, we distributed. What was it? It was like 20,000 bank, was it, Didier? Or maybe something like that? Yeah, we in, ended up uh, distributing a bit less because. Uh, okay. Yeah. But we had but still, people that's a good, posting that's a good it number, on Twitter. So. Yeah, yeah. Like people were posting on Twitter, like, "Hey, check the like out." Uh, I just got like airdrop this amount from Bankless Academy. People were really happy. Um, so it was really cool to see that kind of community involvement and mm-hmm. really people following like a treasure trail almost. Um, yeah, it was fun. Awesome. Well, uh, do you guys have any any last comments? I think we're we're running up against time here. Yeah, we could we could mention uh, GM.xyz. Um, yeah, so we're up on uh, GM.xyz. It's like Web3 native uh, social media. So you can check us out there. Uh, it's at uh, GM.xyz slash C slash Bankless Academy. Um, and basically, you know, we're starting to get some discussions going on there talking about, uh, you know, I asked recently, what platform features would you like to see on our roadmap coming up? Um, so we're really starting to build that community engagement, see what people are thinking, see what people are saying. Um, so we're excited to, uh, to to get people on there and get talking with us and also check out, you know, the greater GM community and uh, see what other um, what other communities there are for you to like link up with in there. Awesome. And I see you guys are on Twitter, um, Bankless Academy. Um, I assume that's just that's at Bankless Academy on yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Then uh, you each have your own personal Twitters. You want to tell us tell us what your Twitter is? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so you can find me at uh, just at Tetronome uh, and Didier. And for me, uh, Didier, Didier Crux, so Didier and K-R-U-X, yeah. And of course, we can all be found on Discord in the in the Bankless DAO channel and mm-hmm. uh, sure. around the, the oh. DAO. Uh, uh, thank you guys so much for, for having this conversation. I think it was a, a great uh, discussion, and I look forward to seeing new modules in the, the website and seeing mm-hmm. where the, the project goes. Uh, so yeah. th- thank you guys for, for joining me. And keep an eye out thanks for, for uh, new areas, new areas of the academy as well. Yeah, thanks a lot for having us. Uh, it's really nice to start getting involved in uh, some of the different areas of the DAO and seeing what's going on. So pleased to be here. Awesome. We will see you guys next time on Making Bank. Thank you for listening to today's segment of Making Bank. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, and give us a rating on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you later this week on another segment of Making Bank.